Responsibly, a few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew when the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place a podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Who's got a bottle opener? I came prepared. <laughs> I have a nifty little device over on the counter that also stores the bottle caps. Oh, it kind of scoops them into like a yeah. You pop yeah. it off and it just drops into a thing, and you empty that once every forty. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every We're going to pretend that's not true, Shane. The listeners don't need to know the depths of my alcoholism. I think the listeners are well aware. The depths of Isn't that why we're on here? Yeah, like, it's kind of the point of this show. <laughs> Welcome to Drink This Podcast. We're an Edmonton-based co- podcast where we celebrate uh, scintillating conversation with delicious libations. My name is Matt. Uh, sitting with me, as per usual, is the man who has to open his, empty his bottle cap holder every 40 minutes, Mr. Paul Gifford. Say hello, Paul. Howdy. And returning to the show, uh, our very good friend, uh, owner, co-owner. Co-owner. And brewer now, right? Assistant. Assistant brewer? So humble, too. Listen to the humility, people. Uh, our very good Shane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Our very good friend, Shane Grondahl. Say hello, Shane. Good evening, folks. Uh, welcome back. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. Um, about oh, six months ago, September of 2015, uh, my wife and I went uh, off on our honeymoon because I schedule my vacations around the release dates of important seasonals, like pumpkin. Don't we all? Yeah, right? Like, that's the thing everybody does. What kind of a heathen doesn't do that? <laughs> I can't go on vacation until after August because I have to sell pumpkin. Um, <clears throat> so on September, pumpkin was out. Things were good, and the wife and I trekked off to the only place that hipsters can go on their honeymoon, and that's Portland. Uh, and while we there, were there, we learned the limits of what a human being can cram in their gob for over the course of five days. There's a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't bring back uh, a little something to uh, to the homeland to uh, to share with our friends. Uh, this particular beer we're going to drink today, and we so rarely get to talk, about, or not so rarely get to, but we so rarely make beer the center of our focus, or even the drink that we're drinking the center of our focus. It, it tends to be the lubricant for this show, not necessarily the subject of it as much anymore. Uh, but because nobody at this table is competing with this product, we're going to have a little uh, little tasting. Uh, I wish there was a, a word I could come up with that was alliterative, that started with B, that wasn't stitch and bitch. Like I feel it needs to be something about beer. It's there. It'll come to me like as I re-listen to this. I'll go back, I was like, that's what it should have been. That's what tends to happen with jokes in this show. Right? Like that thing with the Manhattan. Oh, what have I done to deserve this flat, flavorless Manhattan? Why is nobody saying it? Um, so what I've brought back to uh, share with Shane, and like Shane and I talked about this probably right after I brought it back, and I've been planning to open these together for quite some time, so we had to invite him on, because I obviously wanted to do them on the show, uh, is some Hair of the Dog Blue Dot Double IPA, uh, brewed in summer 2015, so they're getting on the almost better part of a year yet. Um, nice and cloudy, Hair of the Dog does a lot of ambiguous style of beer. Uh, their flagship is that. We've actually had their flagship beer on the show. We drank some with Chris Connolly, that Adam Cherry oh, of the yeah. Wood, yeah. Yeah, um, which good. is an aged version of their flagship beer, which is Adam. Mm, excuse me. Uh, and their, their tap room is an interesting place to be, because if you go in there, um, 
they'll sell you anything that they got, like to drink in the tap room. But for sale to leave the brewery is usually like one thing and one thing only. And I think we we talked about this when Chris was on because Chris went there with Ferris, who's one of the top rate beer users in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slash the beer geek with the biggest horseshoe of his ass. <laughs> he's the luckiest man alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's just always in the right place at the right time. Uh, so he was able to take some of that cherry atom of the wood out of the brewery. But usually if you buy a bottle there, you have to open and drink it there. Um, so... I. I guess without further ado, let's dish this out. In uh, true Drink This Pod fashion, we have done no research whatsoever. I've had this beer before, but I was also wasted when I had it. And we're going to drink out of these lovely little tulip glasses that I'm glad I have like six of that Shane brought from his uh, Freezer Cascoff Festival. How, um, while we're pouring out the beer, let's talk about that. How did Freezer Cascoff work out for you guys? It was an amazing success. Excellent. Uh, Freezer Cascoff is our is the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous. Uh, is mm. Winter Shane is also the president and co-founder of the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous, which is like Edmonton's answer to camera, right? Could you fairly say that, or is that something you would take umbrage with? I I would I would say that we're a, a community based society to promote the local and uh, natural uh, growth of the craft beer community. Excellent point. All right, so. Freezer Cascoff. Freezer Cascoff. So you guys organized several events, uh, yes. one of which we're going to chat about a little bit later. But the one that just happened in February was your Freezer Cascoff, which is an offshoot of the Real Ale Festival. Yes. Right. Yes. So Freezer Cascoff is our winter-themed cask ale festival. Cask ales are naturally conditioned beers, beers that are are um, that are that have uh, all natural carbonation in them. They're mm-hmm. they're they're. Uh, my telephone's making noise. I know. Terrible podcast right. advocate, right? We didn't go over that already. <laughs> and he brought us. Might as well have brought a case at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> leftover glassware pouring into the. Into the yeah. yeah. And it was a great event. I was I was in attendance. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very. As I recall, I wanted to come to that, and then that was one of those terms where being a full time master's mm-hmm. student was like, no. Not going to no, happen. Not a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it was a, a very good event. Now, I know that the Real Ale Festival, you get brewers from all over Canada, yes? So, like, some have come. Have you ever got stuff from Ontario? No. No. Real Ale Festival has been um, Yukon, BC, and Alberta. Right. Uh, and we've tried for Saskatchewan, but they've casks didn't make it. Well, they, yeah, one exploded en route one year. Uh, yeah, it did. It was unfortunate. That is so, really unfortunate. You know, then that's, that sucks. But it's just the kind of the way it is. So, Real Ale Festival is, a, is kind of our biggest, our biggest festival of the year. It happens in September. This year, it's going to be September 10th. Exciting. Yes. Uh, so I will hoping... be here this time. Yeah. I wasn't here last time because I was busy getting this beer. Exactly. So I might actually be able to make it too. Isn't it? It's the first week of class. I don't have anything to do. Yeah. So we're hoping to make it all Alberta this year, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Because and there are the first a time... remarkable number of new breweries in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Close to because the Real Ale Festival is a big event. You, like how many casks did you have last year? We had twenty casks last year. Right. So it's pretty pretty big. But up till now, that would have been nigh on impossible to do Alberta only and have one from each like one from each and you have a handful of casks but this year will be the first year that it's close to getting that many people producing beer doing casks that would be able to get together in the same place exactly that's super exciting yeah so and then freeze your cask off is the winter themed one where we don't necessarily have all of the breweries that we normally would at the real ale festival Mm -hmm. we are selective um we we um 
We have a, a regime, and the, the well, we <laughs> it's do. It's a dictatorship. No, well, that's not so much that. There is there is a kind of a selection process, uh, and it involves kind of the, the most popular breweries at Real Ale Festival, um, and then they are requested, we request them to mm. produce winter-themed beers. So it's not just brew something yeah. or send us uh, something that you already have made. It's, it's brew a winter-themed beer yeah. and throw it in a cask, and, you know, then we'll see what happens. Nice. Yeah, and it's, of course, a little bit smaller of an event to see. One of the ones that sticks out most in my memory was Dandy Brewing took uh, did something they called Jungle Bird, which was a Jungle Bird cocktail in in a cask. Like yeah. it had all that Campari bitterness to it, and it was sour. Oh, Holy smokes, really sour! But yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt bad for Dave, who had to mop up the remains of the cask when Derek hoisted it onto his head, just draining down beer, just drain onto his face, down his beard, and all over the floor. It was, was a like, theatrical. Somebody's gonna have to clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's not me. He certainly wasn't. He, well, he was, he was feeling good at that point. Let's um before we get too uh, far ahead of ourselves, let's talk about this. How do we feel about this, Paul? You want to go first? Not really. Why not? I'm curious what the guy who bought it has to say. <laughs> the guy who bought it and has had it before. See, see, no. you didn't even follow the directions. I didn't. No. Pour slowly to allow the sediments and rain the bottle. We were. Paul suggested that and we I turn said no. it, and you said no. So what? Like now, now we're gonna now we gotta take a break to read. Blue dot is named after. Pour slowly to allow the sediment to remain in the bottle. Make every day Earth Day. Do something nice for your mother. Well, I I, I do like the reference of the name about how we're a pale blue dot in the universe. Yeah. So the the beer is called Blue Dot. Blue Dot is named after our planet. We are only a pale blue dot in this universe, made with organic Pilsner malt, rye malt. Combination of intense hot varieties, which they do not name. Uh, pour slowly to allow the sediment to remain in the bottle, which is true. We didn't really do. Um, I did keep some of it in the bottle, but I then I drank it. it. I got some of it. <laughs> I didn't say I'm, I I'm just giving it. you a hard time. Yeah, it's sorry. Um, I, you know, and I don't, I don't have a distinct memory of drink. I'm like, I remember liking it, but I don't know if I remember it being. It's, it's quite juicy. It is juicy, but it is also rather. There's, 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 um. Fair amount of residual sugar in there. Mm -hmm. It's your mustache must be getting sticky. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, yeah, you're right. I can feel it on like it's it's got a viscous like syrupy texture to it. Not like intensely syrup. Mm -hmm. It's not like what I tasted in Paul's kitchen before the vanilla syrup you were making, but which was all syrup, and I was not prepared for it to be all syrup. Um, but it's definitely got a bigger mouthfeel. There's body to that. Ooh. Very resiny. Like just yeah. it's it's not it's not like there's a lot of characteristics to the hop but for me it's just resin yeah tiny resin which isn't a bad thing no not at it's, all it's just it's not going tropical no you don't get any fruit out of that uh, a little bit on the nose but not on the on the palate mm, i get a lot of fruit mid -palate. I'm, I'm getting tropical on the palate too although to be honest i think i find it a little lighter than you guys yeah. do i was gonna say it's not quite as like packing as much of yeah. as an, an oomph as i was expecting yeah. really although then again i had a geneva old-fashioned before you got here yeah so. yeah but and i had a large yeah cup of coffee. there's maybe some like Maybe some like tangerine, yeah, on the palate, and then citrus fruit, yeah, okay, ish, yeah. You wouldn't call it tangerine. No, I, I'm just I normally gravitate to grapefruit or lemon. When you, okay, yeah. fair enough, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm almost almost picking up a little bit of like guava or something mid palate. And then there's very the, not not strongly, but faintly. For me, there's that lingering pine mm -hmm. salt flavor. Oh, the <coughs> excuse me, the finish is all. All pine, yeah. Um, but definitely up front, it's 
It's interesting. And I like I now that I'm tasting it again, I seem to remember it having a more distinct hop characteristic the first time I had it. But well, it's also in fairness, old. it's been in the bottle for like nine or ten months. Yeah. So. It's it's not a year, but it's pushing it. It's getting close. Um But I'm no. surprised to see like that they're using um I like the the idea of the organic Pilsner malt and rye malt. So the rye malt giving me a little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing with the hops a little bit. And the Pilsner malt kind of making it a little bit sharp. Yeah. It's really good. I like it. Me too. I'm glad we got another bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a, then a can and then another bottle. And then I have like two or three six packs. and. Oh, good. Good. Well, strap in. <laughs> strap in, folks. We're flying flying without a net. We have no docket for this episode. We well, and Matt and I might be working on a cocktail after this. Yeah, so. there you go. So uh we're we're in for the long haul. Um so on top of being, as I mentioned in the, in the upfront, on top of being uh the president and co founder of the Edmonton Beer Geeks Anonymous, uh Shane is a is a player in this industry as well, for those who've haven't heard a previous episode. I actually just had to pull down your first appearance on this show. No. I know. What do you need do you need more money for <laughs> <laughs> Um I'm actually like looking into getting a website and what's preventing me from pulling the trigger is I'm scared we're gonna lose our feed. Uh like our our RSS feed. Right. If I don't do it right, we'll have to set up a new one. That means I need to like re upload the files and Well that doesn't bother me. I just I want to make sure that the people who are already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes continue to be subscribed to it in iTunes. Without oh, yeah, you don't to want to lose it. your subscription. No, yeah, exactly. No, so it's, that's, it's taken us three years to actually get some people that fucking listen to this show. We don't really want, <laughs> want to lose Yeah, I built, I built an audience. They're damn quiet audience, but they're there. I can see them. Um, so that's what, but if we had a website, we would have far more, like I would put every episode but up. Isn't putting an RSS feed on our website fairly easy? It is, but my iTunes subscribers are tied directly to the RSS feed that I've got now. And yeah. changing that is not as easy as you might think it would be. Is that all because of Apple? Uh, no, actually, it's because... it. For once, no. Uh, <laughs> it's actually because of um, of the hosting service. They like they essentially hijack your podcast feed. Some of them will like hold your ho- podcast feed hostage. Um, if you're not making enough ad money for them? No, no, just if oh. you decide to go to somebody else. Oh, hmm. Right, like it's it's about making ensuring customer loyalty, no doubt. Um, not that I don't appreciate all the uh, good work that Podomatic has done for us, but one day I'd like to host my own site and like build this into something else. Yeah, um, like well, particularly because Matt and I do um, a little bit more of me, I think, on the Facebook side of things, where uh, like I, I put up most of the cocktail mm-hmm. recipes I'm working on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we've spoken about it, and if we were to ever get a website going, I'd probably start writing a weekly column, and Matt would be contributing. Yeah. When he, I mean, depending on how busy he was, probably yeah. weekly to monthly. And, and like, we've been kind of, like, flopping along with this show. And, like, it's it's always been kind of a, a side piece. Um, but I just turned 30, uh, and I, I feel like as a 30-year-old man, I should have goals. Uh, and one of those is to live in a detached house. And the other one is to, to get a two, two a bi-monthly recording schedule going and actually stick to it for a year. Because at that point... I can ask, start asking people to pay for it. And they don't have to pay for it. Like, it would always be free. I would always keep the show free to here. Mm-hmm. But then you can start asking, like, you can be like, hey, uh, we do a lot of this. It doesn't cost a ton. Every now and then we buy some new equipment. But if you wanted to chip in, awesome. It would really help us, like, cover some costs. Theoretically, on, like, if we had a, a pretty solid, like, schedule, we mm-hmm. could also set up a Patreon. That's exactly what I was, I was looking into. I was for, yeah. I was looking into that this week. I was like, yeah. what would it take to set up a Patreon? Fucking MuggleCast makes like ten grand a month. 
I mean, I, like, I don't have any illusions of grandeur that we're going to get that big, but... Uh, I support a fair amount, like a couple of web comics artists on Patreon. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's all I would ever want from a listener is a dollar. Like a dollar a month. Yeah. That more than pays for the show, right? Uh, and it's just about keeping it free for us uh, as well. Anyway, yeah, well, long... Matt and I put in the cost for beer, yeah. right? So it's Yeah, we buy the beer. I bought all the equipment. I, I bought I the hosting say... service, which is like $120 a year or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Website service would be comparable right so there's just there are costs and i will always pay them because this is fun for me but well someday when i get a real job matt might expect me to start tripping on yeah exactly uh you can buy you can buy the sure microphones that are like 200 bucks a shot hey you know what if i end up with a librarian (laughs) three job in a couple of years we can talk because that's that's good money um but I, i would like to and then i would like to develop as a portal for the other outlet other shows that we're looking at right like you and I have chatted about doing a monthly, like, far more beer-centric show. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, but I think, like, both of us are far too busy to make <laughs> it happen. But I got the gear for it now, so... I like it. Um, it's shiny. And, it, like, there, and I would like to get the Sandemonium thing off and running, and, like, th- there's just... There's other endeavors I would like, and I, I need a creative outlet, right? And this is my creative outlet, so I'm always going to do it. But this is a long way of saying that I don't have enough space on the hosting service right now to keep all of the episodes in one spot. So, like, as I put new ones up old ones come down and I finally got around to the first uh, I might just throw it on SoundCloud because I like it so much (laughs) Uh, and start linking to it but um, uh, Shane since we had first had him on the show which you can't hear anymore anyway so it doesn't matter uh, has started his own brewery Um, for those who have never listened before or never heard Shane on the show before uh, he's the co-founder of Blind Man Brewing Company and assistant brewer Uh, and uh, he We've actually had Shane and, and one of his partners on to discuss the brewing uh, the brewing industry. We, uh, Shane has come on and talked tax policy with us. Um, but today I'd like to hear how things are going for him in Lacombe. What, uh, give us an update on our... Uh, yeah, so the brewery is based in Lacombe. We uh, brewed our first batch back in September of 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, since we've been on this podcast last, in terms of even with talking about tax policy or having yep. hands and me on the show, uh, we have since expanded. Really? Excellent. Yes. So I don't know if I actually, I think maybe we talked about it very briefly. Yeah, but, I think so. Um, we, we started out with uh, three fermenters, a 30 barrel and two 15 fermenters, two mm-hmm. 15 barrel fermenters. And since then, we have now expanded our capacity. Uh, we have tripled it, in fact. That's oh. really exciting. We've, yeah, we've now got uh, two 60 barrel fermenters, and we also added a 60 barrel bright tank. Wow. Um, so the brewery got really small really quick <laughs> it's it's amazing how that can happen is it yes. so, wow that that floor space and that volume is really taking up a my, lot my first quickly. couple of years at alley cat we had to do fermenters every christmas and i yeah. come back from vacation like it's it's kind of fucking cramped in here guys like i, I need some elbow do? room yeah look yeah. oh another bay great we're good yeah for another two years <laughs> yeah and you guys can do that for sure yeah um so yeah, no, things are very busy at the brewery. That's, that's awesome. Um, this yeah. past weekend, we did uh, a couple of days worth of canning. Hmm. You know, it was pumping out like 8,000 cans. We have a, a canning line, a very small canning line that does three cans at a go. Got it kind of tuned up and supercharged to about 13 cans a minute. <laughs> so We tweaked it. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's what she, that's Some like, aftermarket bits here and there. Right, because you're, you're an engineer by trade, aren't you? Uh, by schooling, I'm an, I'm an electrical engineer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I have... If you uh, call trade. It by trade, yeah. <laughs> He's a brewer by trade now, um, and you guys. So you, uh, when 
I think the last time you were on it was uh, more about tax policy. But yeah. since you've been on to discuss the brewery, you guys have released your River Session Ale. Yeah, so which we you, have like kind of core beers are the Blind Man River Session mm-hmm. Ale, four point four percent crisp and golden light ale, uh, brilliant hop aroma, dry finish, and not a bitter mm-hmm. beer. And then there's the Long Shadows IPA, which mm-hmm. is seven point one percent and about 70 ibus and that's kind of the the bright piney citrusy floral hop aroma that you yeah. really want we have our robust my aunt loves that beer by the way yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then then there's the the robust porter and that's kind of a, your dark and chocolatey, a little mm-hmm. bit smoky. Which you just uh, have have just recently released some oak aged. Yeah, we we did oh. actually barrel age some of it, and so then we actually we decided that the barrel the oak character from the barrels because they were previously uh, wine barrels, but there was okay. no wine or re- residual wine flavor from the barrels. Really? We were there's oak and vanilla and the kind of characteristic mm-hmm. flavors from the oak, and so we found it the the. The beer that we aged in the barrel itself was a little bit too oaky, so we blended that back with with a, a fresh batch of porter. Smart, yeah, and then released that in bombers, all hand bottled. May I uh, inquire if that was Adam's idea or not? Uh, the 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 blending, yeah. Um, no, I think oh. we all kind of came to it, and we f- first tasted the the, the barrel aged stuff, and we're like, "Ooh, this is decision? this is too much. We need to do something with this." Mm-hmm. I think we always planned actually to have that oh. contingency to it. Yeah. We planned another brew to say, which okay, is really smart. Yeah, uh, just in case things go sideways, you can always dial it back a little bit. Well, and the other problem was if we tasted it and it was terrible, you know, we could have another fresh batch of porter and put it in the barrel again and see what happens. Yeah. You know, we could, we had all kinds of contingencies. Yeah, there were there are options. Yeah, uh, and then our rotating saison, our seasonal saison, which no, are you guys doing a dark version and a, like a so light version? We've Not had dark. yeah. So currently on the market, there's there's two and there's soon to be three versions of the saison Jeez. right now. <laughs> so we started out with the with the autumn saison. We call it the beer's called saison Lacombe, colon season. Right, and there yeah. was autumn, which is French for autumn, and yeah. then we had the we didn't call it the winter one because we, we didn't like, we didn't like Hiver. We we called it the dark season. Oh, really? Hiver was what you went with noir over Hiver? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because it's dark saison. We didn't want to call it like the winter saison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I I really like the name, but now that I know Hiver was on the table, I, yeah. I'll leave that one. I would, for, I would have liked to have been in that room. I'll I'll leave that one for Dudecio. <laughs> yeah. That's fair enough. Oh yeah, certainly. Sorry, and then sorry. there's um yeah, and then there's the the spring, the pretom. Okay. And then the ete, the summer. Summer. Which are both on the market pretty That's quickly. That's a really interesting way to do a seasonal. Like, well, we always gonna have a saison. Yeah. We're always gonna change it. Interesting. You know, uh, seasonally, right? Yeah. You know, and then we're using the saison for other things like. Um, which version has lemongrass in it? None of them yet. I'm shocked. Really, I am legit shocked that well, lemongrass is we not in really one of those. Come across a nice way to use lemongrass in a production scale. Oh, because I know, like your brewer Adam, I've had some of his saison before, and if there's one thing I know for a fact Adam loves, it's lemongrass. Yes, uh, and well, we all do. But it's it, just it's yeah, scaling it on up production scale. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. like I'm sure it would require a shitload of it exactly. to make any difference. And not only that, then you have to dump it into a tank somehow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And then get it out. Yeah, which is the worst. <laughs> really, is the it's worst part. Soggy and gross. And yeah. I mean, I can tell them all day, but you tell them, Shane, you don't get into brewing because you like brewing. You get, get into, into brewing, brewing because you like cleaning. cleaning. I, I make mead in my closet, so filtering <laughs> shit out. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's that not takes fun. up like eighty percent of the brewing mm-hmm. time. Is not making it. It's yeah. finding a way to filter that shit out. Yeah. yeah. So 
the Noir was a dark saison. Yeah. The Printemps will be... Which, which uh, a lighter, about 4.5. Um, so you're really shooting for, like, what's the the ABV on your porter? The ABV is 6.5. Okay, I was going to say... that, I think. Yeah, um, we, I think you brought that actually the last time. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That was uh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would like to try it. an oak-age version of that. That'd be interesting. But I like the... Yeah, I, I find it interesting you're not, you guys aren't shying away from low tests, like from mm. low alcohol beers. Well, there's no reason to. No. You know, like, they're, they're, sometimes they can be a challenge to make, or you can't hide anything in them. Yeah. Like, you can't you can't hide things behind a, a strong dry hop, yeah. or, you know, you can't hide it, you can't hide the flaws of, of, uh, of a shitty mash temperature, or, you know... Um, but and you know it's just we want to enjoy them and we want to be able to enjoy them in the sun time mm-hmm. in the summertime and you know like on the patios and we were talking about this a little bit I think before we started recording but that you don't necessarily have to have an eight percent beer to have it taste good mm-hmm. or even to not be super sweet well, yeah and Paul and I have had a con- had a similar conversation as well um, where it's like and it might be a function of getting older and I've said this to a lot of people but like I don't I don't give a fuck how many barrels you can put in something what kind of crazy ass weird hop that nobody else has that you've like kicked this up to a thousand IBUs. I just want something that tastes good that yeah. I can, I think the way that doesn't make me numb. The way that I think you and I phrased this, um, was something to the effect of there's only so many bourbon barrel age, double Imperial licorice, cherry stouts you can drink in a day mm-hmm. before you're going like, eh. And that's not to disparage people who want to do great, that. Like but... hair of the dog does that all the time. And they make really interesting, dark, heavy, rich, and high alcohol that's, that's, style. That's their market, though. But they only have totally. a four barrel system. <laughs> well, and you can only yeah. buy it to drink in the, in the brewery. Like, brewery. They, so, like at the end of the day, if I'm buying something to come and drink at home, I'd rather have right. six four percent beers than one fifteen percent beer. Well, it's it's something that I think that not only like uh, I, I think that you guys at Blind Man are are an example of, but the that the Alberta market has caught on to, or the Alberta producers have caught on to. Is like there's no reason to be making these giant things that like. People are just going to compare to Dark Lord or Pliny or whatever, and potentially be disappointed. Yeah, because yeah. it's not Dark Lord. Doesn't have the name Dark Lord. Yeah, it's exactly. not It's not Pliny the Elder. <laughs> I and enjoy like, yeah. how much like Pliny is what you hear about, but Dark Lord is the thing that brewing or that industry people love to hate because they're mm. like, "Fuck, how can like yeah, you're right. It's not Dark Lord because yeah. it's not Dark Lord. Go to hell. Like, yeah, <laughs> I worked really hard on that asshole, and like for you to compare it to somebody's beer that you can't even buy here, exactly. Yeah, really fucks with my day. Well, you know, we we did an Imperial Stout too, mm-hmm. and you know, we I had it on cask. It was delicious. Oh, we love. Oh, you were at the next act. I was. Yeah, Tim got cut off because he <laughs> kept ordering them for other people, and nobody had showed up, and we all showed up at once. There was like. People would come and take the beers he was ordering. Yeah. Like they would come and sit with them. So he kept ordering them like four at a time, and eventually, like we can't give you any more. No, they're <laughs> for other people. I haven't finished one yet. But you like, yeah. and it was a really good stout. I really liked that. Yeah, we really enjoyed that beer. That beer was so much fun to make. Really? Oh, why? Like because it stress tested our system to the max. <laughs> you should, I think I have a picture on my phone of the pile of the bags of grain. It was like, I want to. The th- num- number 1,300 kilograms r- rings a bell, but that's not right. Yeah. It's just not right. Uh, but anyways, it was like two inches from the brim of our mash tun. Whoa. Yeah. It was such a big mash. What kind of a volume did you get out of that based uh, on that? Well, that was our, our one production batch. So we, we actually took off. So our, our, our boil volume is like 1,700 liters. So it's 1,700. So you got, you got all that volume out of a mash that big? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. But And then... Yeah, we were taking like the last runnings were still something ridiculous, like sixteen Play-Doh. Wow, <sighs> Jesus! So what did that top out at? 
Uh, it came in a little shy. Um, it came in at like 10 something. Yeah. Okay. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. We it were, was, we were aiming for like 11 six. It was warm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, like it wasn't hot, but it was warm. Yeah. Um, we were aiming to be underneath that 11.9% tax bracket. <laughs> but just, but just that eleventh, eleventh percent, or eleven? Is it eleven point five? No, it's eleven point nine. Eleven point nine. Yeah, that and then you get charged like a point, spirit. Point one percent of alcohol gets exponentially more expensive. Yeah. Um. So that's that's where the thrill comes from. Is like, how can I push the? How can I try and break this new toy of mine? No, it's not. How can I break it? But it's fun to challenge it because it's a challenge for us. Too, yeah. Right. Of you know, course. And, how, and then the same thing with the kettle sour. It's like, are we kind of. Uh, design the system to have these kind of tweaks and little functions around around this uh, the standard design that allowed us to do kettle sours a little more easily. So are you custom building your brew house? Like no, no, it's like the standard. So it's, it was manufactured by Specific Mechanical. Okay. In in Victoria, BC, and then there was a couple of little tweaks about to the system that we requested during the manufacturing phase, mm-hmm. saying we want to do this and this and this. And they're like, well, why the hell do you want to do that? And I said, well, we want to shut do up and sours. take my money. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> Now, if they I want to do this because it's none of your damn business. Now, if they could sell me a pump that didn't leak, I'd be happy. <laughs> Fair enough. You hear that? Get on it right now. Um, so it's it's in testing, like testing the limits of what you guys are capable of, sure. what your system is capable of. That's yeah. that's really awesome to hear. Like it, it's exciting to talk to the to the upstart breweries. Like I remember hanging out with. Uh, we've talked about them a lot today. Like. I want to get them on the show real bad, but the guys from Dandy mm. at uh, Cooley Brewing in Lethbridge. I mean, you might have even been there. I've been there several times. Yeah. But I think you might have been there on this occasion because okay. the brewer's name, who is, I shit you not, Badger. Badger Coolish. <laughs> who is a lovely man. He's an entertaining fellow. He is. And he's very hospitable. Like that, he, was, he came up to our booth at that show. Hey, man, I'm Badger. I was like, no, you're not. And he handed me a business card. I'm like, oh, you're Badger. <laughs> <laughs> um... Come on over. We're not. We don't have our own beer yet. But like, come to our and their their restaurant was in the parking lot of that hotel room that we were staying at. We went over to look at their system. It's huge. That was the system that was. Um, it's it's that one was a um, DME brew house. So uh, mm-hmm. Prince Edward Island. Yeah. Um, that was on display at CBC, the Craft Brewers Conference. Really. In 2015 in Portland. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where that system was. Uh, it was on display on the on the kind of trade trade show floor. Yeah. As a like, look at what we can do. Exactly, and it's all all automated. Yeah, all push completely. button. Completely, like, the brewer barely has to weigh out specialty malt. Mm-hmm. Barely, it's, it's nuts. And yeah. I remember just standing there with Ben and Derek, and they're like, "Can you imagine if this was our starting point? Like, if this is where you're starting from, imagine what you well, can do." Well, then they have a seven barrel test batch <laughs> <Right>. system. <laughs> that's their test batch system, but. In that space, that totally makes sense. Uh, if you're like to AKA, have a, it's friggin' huge. Oh, it's a huge brewery, but like even in in the context of a brew pub, it makes sense to have a seven barrel test batch system. Well, of course, because you can brew something and put it on tap. Like yeah. you don't you don't have to pour it out, and you're not getting so little that it's not worth it. And the reason why they're a brew pub and they have such a huge brew house is that they're going to be doing all kinds of production batch. Yeah, all kinds of you know, release it for retail, sell it. Totally, whatever, they're right? like they're set up to do amazing business if yep. they play their cards right. And I, as far as I know, they're not. Are they still looking at canning? Do you know? Oh yes, they are canning. They, they are canning, canning too. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm aware, they're going um, with the ACS, or a, maybe they'll get the X2 mm-hmm. cask as a canning. Their canning line. Yeah, 
I have so little experience with canning wines. I don't think I've ever seen one. I'm sure you have. Have I? Yeah, maybe not in operation, but no, yeah. maybe not in operation. Yeah. But I, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't. Even if I have, I couldn't be like, oh, that one time I saw mm. this canning line. Yeah, fair enough. Um, oh, I didn't realize they were going to can. Um, I guess it makes sense because they were in Connect for a while when they were contracting. When um, Big Surf was contracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was coming out of Big Surf. That, last I talked to the guys at Cooley, they have like three or four batches under their belts by now. Oh, good for them. They they had two batches in the tank when I talked to them last, so I'm, I'm assuming they have a couple more now. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, we wish them all this because I'm excited oh, to try yeah, their beer no. out of their so, own so system. First brewery in Lethbridge, well, second brewery in Lethbridge. Mm. Because there's also theoretically... But only by a Nat's wing. Okay, well, okay. So there's two breweries in Lethbridge now in one year Mm -hmm. since... And when do they... They closed down the the kind of official, like, Pilsner, Lethbridge Pilsner Brewery. Yeah, oh, years ago. In the late 70s. Yeah. Before Um, anybody here was alive. That's right. And so there hadn't been a brewery in... Ah, that's not necessarily true either because Brewsters did have a location in Lethbridge. And they did actually brew there. Did they actually brew there? They did actually brew there. That surprises me that they wouldn't... I guess depending on what kind of volume they were doing. Yeah, it was tiny. Yeah. Um, that they wouldn't just ship from Calgary. Yeah. But then you got to mess with Connect. Yeah, but they were still like traditional brew pub then. That yeah, was the whole, that's true. That was the whole goal. That was, was right when Oliver Square was built and everything. Yeah. Too, so. And we yeah. used to walk up uh, 11th Avenue in Calgary and just stank for days. Oh, it reeked walking by the Brewsters. I'm like, as a child, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. It stinks over here. And now I would what, walk by that. they malt for like weeks? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you could smell them brewing. Uh, so well, the, the, smelling, the, smelling, like, the smell of brewing is, is kind of like making bread, but yeah, more it, moist, right? It but, smells good to adults, but okay, yeah. to a child, it stank. Because they were where, like, right by where, um, where Beer Revolution is now. Well, yeah. Is used to be an old Brewster's location, and they were brewing in there. And yeah. I, I'm dad lives right over there, and you could smell it for blocks, and I hated it. Now I would love it. Like, now I relish walking outside of my office and be like, yeah. But oh, at the time, we're brewing full moon today. Yeah. Oh, or... It's a full moon kind of day. Um, so back to, uh, back to Blind Man. Paul, do you like, I feel like you've been sitting there for a while, and I don't. He looks rather comfortable in his I, chair. I paid for the microphone. I'd like you to use it. <laughs> I'm not in the brewing community. I'm not even in hospitality or even retail anymore. Fair so enough. There's only so much I can contribute. Fair to enough. This. I just if you had another question, something that you noticed we missed. No, um, sorry, we're just kind of getting all giddy over yeah, here. Yeah, we're we're geeking out. This is this is a, a an industry a, a a production side of the industry geek out a little bit. So, <clears throat> which in fairness, never been in production, but I do have yeah. like seven or eight years on the other end of that. So yeah, I I get it. It's yeah. just. So, I brew mead. Mead is I do mead because it's idiot proof. <laughs> One of the last times we talked, there was the the idea about you guys coming down to the brewery and doing an episode there. Yeah, I really want. We've recently. talked about it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I started. Sorry, I'll stay near the mic. Then I started a master's program. Um, Fool. Right. And I kind of ran out of free time for eight months, but hey, I finished my last assignment yesterday morning, so I'm officially free until. Well, well I'm going away for a couple weeks. But cheers, good sir. Sláinte. And thanks to Matt for uh, sharing with us. Oh, thanks. For, I'm so happy to drink this again. I, I wish I had more. All I, I think all I have left from that trip is something from... So, first anniversary coming up soon then? Yeah. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is um, podcast friends trip to Portland? Oh, uh, Kelsey and I have decided that it's, it's hipster Vegas. You don't go alone. No, you can't. Like, you go with friends. You yeah. go with a lot of people who want to do what you want to do. I will say, I've been talking for about five or six years, probably more than that now seven or eight years about doing a beer focused road trip 
starting in Vancouver and then driving down the West Coast. Oh, that would be so much fun. Um, and I, I'm just going to toss this out here. I've done my master's degree in a year here, guys. Uh, celebration time? Yes. Wait, so next June. I not would, next June, but the Ju- like the summer like after that. Like a year from June. A year from 20, this June? 2017. I, 2017, I will be done You'll my be master's done. degree and presumably well employed and possibly on the West Coast. See, that's not convenient timing for me. Uh, it doesn't have to be the month I Because it's summer and you're selling too much main <laughs> No, not even. Oh. Um, summer seasonal comes out and I can comfortably go on vacation. But June, there's craft beer fest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. June, there's, but also, that's my our second wedding anniversary. This year, the trip is Newfoundland. Next year is Newfoundland. Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm, I'm really jazzed. I'm going with dad. We are going with right. dad. Um, yeah. Because nothing says sexy anniversary like going with your... Um, the rock. <laughs> no. The, so oh, I, with my parents. What I'm saying is that it wouldn't really be practical for me to go on vacation like the week after I finish my master's degree because A, um, doesn't really bode well with a new job to be like, hey, I'm going to go away for like three weeks. Yep. Um, but also B, I'm going to have to start paying off my student loans. Yeah, so, you are. So in concept, I like the idea. Yes, so do I. What I'm saying is like the fall after I finish my degree. So like October 2017. I can totally go away then. No, it'll have to be in September. Well, sometime Real around Elf there anyways. Oh, God damn it. Right. <laughs> That's why I couldn't go to Real Elf Festival last year. Um, but we what, what we're we need saying to find... is when I finish my degree in a year, I call you guys, we find a couple other people, and we do this. Yes, I, I'm my, totally my, in. My plan in theory is we start in Vancouver, and we end up in San Diego, and then we either uh, like rent a van and drive down and fly back or something along those lines. Because then but, you just drive, so you can hit up Vancouver, maybe make a stop on the island, take the ferry from Victoria down to Seattle, Seattle down to probably Portland, Portland through Northern California, San Francisco, L.A., San Diego. Challenge. Mm-hmm. Go north. Okay. So start in San Diego and no, drive no, north? No, 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 no. Like start in Vancouver and go north. Oh, yeah. Oh. Go up through the interior and hit up a crazy number of breweries through the interior. I like this idea. And then, do that. and then you can probably, I don't know whether you'd circle back and fly out of Vancouver or whether you could kind of drop across and fly out of Calgary. Well, yeah. the and then, and then go to fly into Whitehorse and then you can drive across to Anchorage. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. See, the concept for this originated when there wasn't a lot of breweries in BC. Um, when but, was that? Well, like 10 years ago. Okay. I mean, there were breweries around, but not teasing. like, not like today. <laughs> but like, um, I, I actually, my, my, uh, the summers after um, school, when I was in high school, were spent on road trips driving around small town BC. If it's south of Prince George, I've been there. I've either stayed there, driven through it, or eaten there. Right. Um, so, like. And there's tons of brew pubs through and the interior. Gorgeous. Yeah. Let's not forget this. This is my homeland. Like, BC is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, 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 really... I like Shane's counter to this. I do too. Um, but on the subject of achievable goals within the next less than a year, um, after I get back from Newfoundland, which is July 10th, so we leave on the 1st of July, we're gone for 10, for okay. 10 days, yeah. um, I think we can make that happen. Because then, like, events are over, right? Uh, the last thing mm. on my, like, event calendar is MS Bike Tour, and then pff, we're done. So either, like, in between MS and MS Bike Tour and, the, uh, and Canada Day, yeah. or, like, right after that. I would be down for... My uh, only thing is it has to be on a weekend because I got a Monday to Friday gig. Yeah. Um, starting June 13th. But... I, I don't know if you know this, Paul. So do I. Well, you sometimes have flexibility. That's, but we just said MS Bike Tour is yeah. the last thing before Oktoberfest. So then I'm like um, free and clear. I thought, though, are you guys going to, do you think, be open over the August long weekend? Because I'm pretty sure my gig's going to be closed and that's also my birthday. 
because I'm uh, August four is my B day. I have no idea at this point. Because if you guys are open, that we could maybe make a like a weekend well, out of I'm, it, or I'm, you know, like an overnight event. I'm pretty sure somebody will come open the door for us if if we if we organize it properly. Pretty sure we can call a few other people. Yeah, and say, hey, we're from breweries in Alberta. <laughs> right? We're the media. Can you let us in? Yeah, yeah. press pass. <laughs> crayola, crayon scroll press. <laughs> Drink yeah. this yeah. dot 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 beer. <laughs> Over twenty one, so drinking is yes. Um. But anyways, um, this is actually something that I've been seriously the the trip, mm-hmm. um, in greater detail is something I've been thinking about doing for a long time. Yeah, I'd be really. Into if you that. guys are game for yeah. this, then I like when I'm done my degree and oh, have a job. We like, can record in the car. It'd be fun. We can if well if we end up and drink this pot on the road. If we make it a trip to Victoria in any capacity, we can go and hit up um, some uh, uh, pubs with Paul. Yeah. Um, oh man, a drink this pod road trip. I like this idea. Let's talk about this in like a year. Okay. <laughs> like seriously, let's talk about this in a year. But seriously, right. August long. But yes, August we'll, long. We'll see what we can do about going down to uh, Lacombe because I would love to sit down and I like I would love to pick Adam's brain. Yeah. Because Adam's a talker. <laughs> Are you gonna let that happen? Do you let him <laughs> speak to the press? He does what he likes. Okay, fair enough. Um, I would love to go down because I've seen pictures of your space and it looks beautiful. Well, hell, honestly, anytime you guys want to come down, like we'll yeah, that's work. what I mean. That, like that's that's a non-issue. Plan recordings after, but apart yeah. from when you're on vacation and when I'm on vacation, yeah. I want to be. So this today is the twelfth. My my achievable goal is that this is up on the eighteenth or nineteenth, whatever cool. a week from today is, right? And that's how I want to hop my schedule going forward. So record one week, post the next. Record the next week, post the next. There you go. Yeah. Um, which gives you twice gives me twice a month, two shows a month. Once we finally get Sandemonium off the ground, yeah. that'll be another thing. Um, I got free time this summer. I yeah. Mean, really, particularly if I don't end up having two jobs, like I'm a afternoon part time staffer. Totally. So, like I got free time. And going back to our Patreon conversation, yeah. that helps. That could help fund mixed. Yeah. The cocktail show. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about in a while, but I really would like to. In fact, yeah, I think yeah. the last time we talked about it, we were very drunk. We were with this man here and getting very excited about like scamming the Alberta government for thousands of dollars to buy cameras so we can get drunk with our friends. <laughs> you know, that's I'm, actually I'm, a I'm really still, good I'm idea. still going to take credit for that. Yeah, and, and you should. I it's, think you named it. It's No, no, no. It was, Wasn't it? No. No, I didn't that, name it. That joke got cut out. Okay. I made two versions right. of that episode. One had that joke in it and one didn't. And I sent it to Shane. I was like, here you go, man. What do you think? He's like, look, I think it's funny. But well, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first premium content thing we release on Patreon is the unedited episode version of that episode <laughs> with the title uh. I intended to give it at the time. Yeah. Um, so, like, again, like, it's all uh, I, I want to. Like I'm 30. I want to grow mm-hmm. my endeavors. I, I I appreciate our silly little beer podcast, and I will do this. It, I feel like there's an image of like two elderly men in front of microphones that are plugged. Like, is your microphone even plugged into something? Does it matter? Because this show is fun for me. You guys but like the old men on the Muppets. <laughs> Statler. Pretty much. That's, yeah, actually, that's not inaccurate. It might at all. be via Skype by that point, but that's pretty much Matt and I in like 40 years. Um. Did you hear about the trends in the beer world? Oh, it's crap. Did you, anybody want to finish this off? I'm good. I will uh, I will if nobody else does. Go right ahead, my oh, friend. I need to drink a water. I just don't know what I did with my... Oh, there it is. Um, because Shane also um, brought some... Uh, some 
kettle sour. All kinds of goodies. Uh, all really all kinds of goodies. So we 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 sampled some of the kettle sour before. If he's not opposed to it, I would like to open the other can. Go nuts. Or if you would rather do this other thing that you brought. That, okay, so yeah, last he week he brought two other things. Let's not. Forget. Yeah, there's oh, one on the fridge shit, too. Right. Yeah. I think we should end with the stout, but. So we've got some of Blind Man's kettle sour number two. Kettle sour number two, which we've had one of. It was delicious. It was delicious. So I do want to. I want to try some more of that. What else did you bring for us? Okay, yeah, that's here? where I was going. Okay. Anyways, so I'm still, although at the brewery, slowly quitting my day job. Right. And last weekend, I was in Georgia and Alabama. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, part of my goal when I travel with work is to find beer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that part of your goal when you travel? Any, well, generally, for yeah, any fair reason. Enough, but I travel more for work than I do for pleasure. It fair sounds enough. more so, legitimate when enough. he says this when he's traveling for work. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I was actually staying the night in Atlanta. Okay. And uh, I got into to the city. I stuck in traffic on whatever, I-20 coming into to Atlanta. Yeah. And just really just looking to get the hotel, have a shower, and go find some food. <laughs> I know that so, feeling. Yeah, anyways. So I finally found like the hotel. The GPS took me this weird back way because there was all kinds of traffic going on. I was like cruising through like, these run-down, really weird neighborhoods in Atlanta. And then just down the road from the hotel is a gas station. They've got like a Miller light sign in the window, a neon light. And I was like, okay, <laughs> they sell beer, so I'm going to stop because it's the closest place to the hotel, and then I'll expand my radius there if I need to. Right. Right. And so I stopped in and looked at the beer cooler. Cool. They have Sierra Nevada. And then they had, like, they had whatever else. And then this is their Orta Vez, a Goza-style ale. Goza. And that was, the, by far and away, the most interesting thing they had on the shelf. Um, for those who don't know, Otra Vez in Spanish means again. Oh, I didn't know that. And Goza... Is a German-style beer. Yes, which it's, is like, interesting The naming. way I understand it is it's... Salted. It is isn't a salted. It? Yeah. Yes, it's a traditional salted German style beer. Yeah. Usually low alcohol. Oh yes. Um, yeah. It's America, so they don't legally have to put the percentage on it. True. Oh, four and a half by volume. That's not bad. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I brought back with me. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, then Shane uh, is the first person to bring us homebrew. That's true. Yeah. And We've a, been encouraging that for we a long have time. Been. This is why we keep inviting you. The only reason, not because you know. Interesting chat or anything? Flipping through wedding photographs, I've decided to create a slideshow entitled Rob Poops in Public because there are several You've pictures of my one of my groomsmen, Rob, and he just he looks like he's shit in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just enough like kind of candid reaction shots to other things that you could make a pretty entertaining like story out of it. Some subtitles. Mm. And some, like there's one of Kelsey going like, She's got this like unbelievably disgusted look on her face, and I'm looking at her like like I know nothing wrong has happened in the shot. She's yeah. just like it happens to be the, sh the the state of her face when, the but I'm also like looking so embarrassed and apologetic, <laughs> and like the caption is like I can't fucking believe he did it again. It's like I know I'm so sorry. Well, and he's got a, he's got a weird expression on his face too. It looks like he did something. <laughs> well, you go from the one where he's like. <laughs> It looks like he's straining, and then you cut to like Kelsey being like, ah, and me like, ah. It would just be a brilliant story. I, one day I'll I'll find the gumption to sit down and when drink this pot has a website to put it up on. Sorry, when screaming Daxon Studios. The screaming Daxon Studios. That's uh, so Stitcher. We're now on Stitcher, by the way. Um, it's a a podcast app. All right. Uh, mm, it's largely streaming, but I think you can like download episodes for offline use. 
but they recommend they're like you're gonna want to add more shows so have like an overarching studio name or what have you right like a, a, a name that you want all your podcast listed under screaming doction doction studios well we had this worked out a while ago because um have, we, have you explained this to shane before so matt's dog is a oh, rescue God, but she's she definitely makes... part dachshund oh wow okay. and she makes noise oh she's mostly dachshund yeah it's uh she's like chihuahua call it, dachshund and mm, something no just to, just a doxy chihuahua cross is it? oh okay. yeah well because she's got a long body yeah like, she looks like a dachshund she's just got a chihuahua's hair and face and the eyes she's got right? the buggy oh. eyes going yeah the okay. giant buggy eyes but she lets out a scream like you wouldn't believe it's such a small thing makes such a loud noise right you've met cricket right no. No, I don't oh, think she's ever met my, Yeah, she's tiny. No. She's nine pounds. So, story. Okay. I like so, stories. Little dogs. Yeah. Little dogs. I'm not a big fan of little dogs. Don't like little dogs? I don't like little dogs. Dogs need to be a certain size for me to accept them as dogs. You're a rural boy, though. Yes. <laughs> What's your size limit? Uh, minimum size for a dog is to the height of my knee. Okay, my late dog would not have been accepted by yeah, you no. either, then. Anything else is kind of, I don't know, is... is, is not an actual dog to me, <laughs> to put it nicely. But see now, um, no, you can't cuddle it. No, my, no, I, I disagree because the dog that I had, I'm doing the, the but he was about yay. Well, Jupiter was yay. a standard poodle, wasn't he? No, he was technically a toy poodle, he was just the size of a miniature. Okay, see, he was a lap dog for me and my dad. Yeah, for anybody, and I'm six six and my dad's six two and a half. So, for anybody smaller than that, he was too big to fit in your lap. Because he had to be like at least six feet tall. Because he was on his hind legs, he was probably four, well, three feet tall. Yeah. Like he was, he was reasonably big, smaller than your size. Right. Uh, but like reasonably big. Um, but he was perfect size for me because he was small enough that he could fit in my lap, um, but not so small that I couldn't roughhouse with him or chase him around or anything sure. else. Because he was a str- he was strong enough that like I could wrestle with him and I I I would have to be trying to hurt him. Yeah. So I don't like small dogs because y- you know Erica, Erica yeah. Francis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lulu and Bean. Yeah, the two tiny little like wire haired terriers. I, I I don't know what kind of terrier. I don't know what the hell they are, but they're small. Yeah, they're tiny. And they're like little. If she listens to this. She's gonna not like. Them. <laughs> That's fair. So she brought. She was over. You don't at, have to like little dogs. That's fair. Though. She was over at the house one day, and this is a couple of years ago back. And she was she was coming over, and we were having a barbecue or whatever, and we we're or a get together, a beer drinking thing, whatever. And so I didn't know that she owned dogs at that point. Right. She comes up the stairs, and then I open the door because I saw her come out. I'm going to open the door and invite her in, you know. And then in rush come these two little things. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is that? Did she bring hamsters? They're, well, I don't know. Are there, are there rats are now? Are they loose? They're, they're little, like, Lulu and Bean. Uh, Erica, I think Lulu and Bean are adorable. I love them. I dislike little dogs. <laughs> For the record, I and. Hope- Sorry, uh, they they run around the house. They're ripping over everything. Meanwhile, I rented out a room in my house mm-hmm. to another another student at UVA. Right, I was, I was you know subletting a room, whatever. Cool. Yeah, and um, so I'm going around like closing all the doors. Like I don't want these things crawling over my bed. Yeah, and then I close the the the, the subletter's door. But lo and behold, and we're sitting around having beers. And then when when my subletter gets home, she's like, "Did you have any pets in the house?" Oh no. Listen, well. I didn't know there were be pets in the house tonight, but yeah, is there hair everywhere? And she's like, "No, not not exactly, not, not exactly." <laughs> but then there's this tiny little like shit on the carpet. Oh no! <laughs> this tiny little like, I don't know what size dog they are, but they're small. They're little. They're yeah. They're yeah. like seven pounds, maybe. Yeah, chuckable. A piece. <laughs> chuckable. 
oh, this man. tiny little shit on the carpet in my subletter's room. And I was like, fuck, Erica, really? Oh, that's... So when I take the dog places, and Paul can attest to this, like, she's got to come some places with me. Because if she stays home alone, she'll scream her fucking head off. And, okay. like, she was abandoned. They pulled her off the street. Like, I get that yeah. she's had a hard life. She's a rescue in case this hasn't come Yeah. And, oh, I get it. So, but when I take her places, one time, she peed on my sister's carpet, one time. That was the last time I ever let her out of my sight. And if I have her someplace, I'm conscious, I take her outside, and we do not come inside until business is done. And she is constantly where I can see her. Mm -hmm. So that if there's ever a chance of exactly that happening... It also uh, helps helps that that Matt has spilled beer on this carpet. Yeah. Many, many times, and this is a one very time. expensive carpet. One time. It was one night, but more than one no, time. No, it was one time. Three times in one night, Matt. No, it was twice in one night. Three times. Twice. And there was another time that was somebody else's fault. It wasn't my fault. Anyway. Who was here that night? I can't remember anymore. It was a while ago. It was Kyle. Um, I will say, I like Matt's dog, um, but generally speaking, my dog was sort of the lower end of what I like in terms of size. I like a smallish dog. But not a, a a small or a really really big dog, and like that's just what I grew up with. That's right? fair. So yeah. I, I I like being able to have my pet jump up and cuddle in my lap. That's nice. Um, yeah, and that's like I I I'm of two minds on the subject because I I had never up to having cricket had a little dog in the house. Like the smallest thing that had ever been in my house was uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Do you know it? No idea. They're like smaller cocker spaniels. Okay. Um, like so, not not tiny, but she was thirteen pounds, maybe like a little about my you know halfway to my knee or whatever. But other than that, it's all big dogs. It's all working dogs, right? Like that's what I was exposed to. That being said, that little doxy brings me some kind of joy that I just can't quite explain or put my finger on. But she looks at me and just every part of me melts. I was like, you're so. For context in terms of size, you've met my dad enough times. That's Jupiter on my dad. Okay, so he's so like, like he he's, wasn't my he's the size of Jake. My dad's six two and a half. Yeah, like okay. he's not, he wasn't itty bitty. This is about the perfect size of dog for me. Yeah, fair enough. Because he's big enough to be like you're not gonna step on him and hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like I say, like I, we got him when I was six, so this was a I grew up with him. Yeah. We wrestled most of it. Like I chased him around, we I'd bat his head around and I didn't have to worry about hurting him. Yeah. Um and like again, I'm six six and pretty broad, so that size is itty bitty for me. But for mo- like on, I think even either of you, he'd have been like not itty bitty. Yeah. No, no. The other thing though too is for me that animals belong outside. <laughs> You're just not a city dweller. No. Hence the potential move. Oh yeah, it, it's actually on the on the table. Oh yes. Or? Oh yes. Oh, but I'm gonna miss you. Yeah, we'll be in the city like every other day. That's true, but that's like an hour drive. It's a lot of gas. You live like two blocks from here. We should hang out more until you go. <laughs> <laughs> Take advantage of this shit. I know, I know. I, like, maybe it's because I moved here from another place. And, well, I guess you did too. Yeah. Um, but I, like, so I grew up so either... So did I, for the record. Hmm? Yeah, we're all here. non-Edmontonians. By See, it. I grew up outside of Calgary, so Strathmore area. A couple years I lived in BC. One year I lived in California. But most of my life was spent in the surrounding area of Calgary. And I, like I adopted Edmonton as home. Like I went to university in Camrose and spent a lot of time in Edmonton, but I like, I, maybe I'm strange, but I like being here. 
This I like Edmondson like well to enough be. too. Don't get me wrong. I like Edmondson well enough too. But I am not. I've I've been here for a decade. Wow. It's, it's 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 actually well it's actually eleven years now. Wow. And you went I to school here, right? I went to school here. I I I came here to go to school and I just didn't leave. <laughs> That tends to happen. And so, you know, I, I, I lived on White Ave. We had a great time. Oh, yeah. I've done, I've, I, you know, I lived and, and, and worked at the university. You know, uh, we all over the place, all over the city. I've lived literally all over the city, everywhere from, you know, 118th Ave and 95th Street, really awesome part of town, to mm-hmm. living where I live now, which is comfortable and cozy and nice. And just quiet enough. Just mm-hmm. quiet enough. You know, Shane and I used to live on the same, like within houses of each other. Yeah, it's like four houses away. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so I I know what the street so, he lives on. And I, I live about four blocks from where they both live. Exactly. So I'm in the you same know, neighborhood. It's it's just that when I'm on the roads, there's all the like it's. And I hate to be the person that that bitches about traffic, but mm. it's it's one of the things. It's one of the things that gets to me. And it's about living in a smaller community again. Like mm-hmm. I grew up on a farm. Uh, I went to high school in a small community. What? Where did you go to high school? Picture Butte. Okay. Yeah, there were fifty-five-zero kids that graduated wow. from my grade twelve class, and so, you know, in every every class that I went to, or every we had a split uh, elementary and elementary school. It was it was grades one and two together, and three and four together, five and six together, and so I liked the small community. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Lacombe, especially, is that it's not an especially small community. It's a thirteen thousand people. It's a suburb of Red Deer. Basically, there's a yeah. lot of commuter traffic there, um, but there's a lot of services there. There's so you're getting ridic- the best of both worlds. There's a, yeah, so it's it's a small, comfortable community, it's kind of a bedroom community, right? Yeah. But there's there's actually a lot to do there. It, there's there's a nice community yeah. base that has activities and festivals and lots of small businesses. That's so. Again, I'm I'm kind of like on your side and the city dwellers side. Because like part of me loves being in a city. I like having access to all the like quirky little things I can do. Comfortable, right? But I also so Shannon comes from uh, a similar area to where my father comes from. So I've spent a lot of time there. The Slingsby family farm is there. One day that comes to me in some capacity, right? Like at least those buildings will one day belong to me. And part of me wants to like do exactly what dad's doing now which is like slowly just spend more and more time out there until you don't leave because there's part of it that really really appeals to me but i also need like part of it the fact that there's somebody on that side of the wall on some level makes me a little more comfortable than being out in the middle of nowhere completely See, by that myself part makes me nervous <laughs> why do you not trust so i can kind of understand the small town thing which i don't know if this has ever come up on the show before. There have been two places I've lived other than Edmonton. I was born in Victoria. I grew up born and raised in a suburb of Victoria, Saanich. Um, yeah. That's very much in. Not like Victoria is a small city, um, relatively speaking, in that when I was born, I think it was about 325,000 in the greater metro area, which is pretty spread out. Like Victoria itself is only about 100,000 people now. And I'm not from Victoria. Technically, I'm from Saanich. So, but, you know, it's greater metro area. I think it's about 380 now. Um, but... Uh, in about three large chunks. I also lived in Kihei in Maui for about a year. Um, and Maui year-round is about 11,000 people on the whole island. Like it's There's a lot of tourists and stuff, but it's not... Particularly when I was there, I think it's gone up since then. This was like most recently in 2000, so like this was a, a little while ago. But um, I kind of get the small-town vibe. 
It's just it was on a tropical island. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is what you expect on a tropical island, though, right? So here's the thing. Right. Um, I've been in Alberta for 10 years as of last Wednesday, uh, so a week from tomorrow, um, as it happens. Um, I don't like the prairies at all which is not something that's a surprise to anybody that's spoken to me no. in 20 minutes. Um, even Shane can attest to this. I'm sure this is fun. <laughs> uh, but the thing behind that is mostly just that I, I grew up around mountains and ocean, and like even like Kihei is, there's two volcanoes and the ocean. Uh, so like I, I kind of understand the, the appeal of the small town. Yeah. Because like I'll, I'll watch, you know, documentaries about Maui or whatever, and I'll go like, yeah, like I, I could probably do that for a while. Who, who couldn't? Well, it's more, I mean, I, I lived there for a while. So it's yeah. like, I admittedly, there's a little bit more to it than that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's not necessarily the size of the population. It's, can I get a good meal? Can I get some good booze? And do I like the, the temperature? I'm like, do I have food? Yes. Do I have good liquor? Yes. Well, then I am content. I don't. I don't know how much we've spoken about this. I have, I have a dry skin thing, and um, I'm often uncomfortable. In is Edmonton. the climate temperate? Well, and this is actually like this is a big deal. I'm I'm itchy all the time because like I my skin cracks, um. So the dryness is kind of a, a thing for me. Anyways, this is irrelevant. I'm probably getting drunk and rambling, but before we finish this, uh, so since we started t- talking again, uh, we opened that Otra. What did you say? Ortavez. Ortavez. Or, or, well, it's spelled Orta. Is it really? No, O-T-R-A. Otra. Otra. Otra vez. It means again in Spanish. Um, Paul finished his... I. This is really good. I really enjoyed that. It's refreshing. It I is. meant to nurse that more, and then it just kind of disappeared. So here's what I... Here's my request. Um, since, you know, you're an assistant brewer somewhere. Understood. What do I got to do to get a Berliner Weiss? Yeah. Would they make one? Huh? You, you want to make one? No, oh. I want to buy one. We want you to make one. <laughs> Not to sound like a would, capitalist oppressor or anything, I but I have love people to make you an, who do Berliner that Weiss. for me now. I would love to make you a Berliner Weiss. I want one so badly. I yeah. want an Alberta Berliner Weiss. I'm, I'm thinking we'll do one eventually. Is, uh, I can't no. say when, but mm. it, Adam, Matt, Adam and I have talked about it on multiple occasions. Matt and I would buy that. I would We'd buy, buy some. the fuck out of that. Yeah. Right now, people are buying the hell out of the kettle sour. Fair. So, you know. Kettle sours for days? Kettle sours for days. How many skews do you have for that? Three. Like, well, it's kettle sour one, kettle sour two. Yeah. And kettle sour three. And oh, gonna, how many gonna are we going to do? Well, okay. So, first of all, kettle sour number one was is a dry hop kettle sour that is now, uh, so that was Galaxy and Mosaic. Okay, that was kettle sour number one. Number one. Okay. Kettle sour number two is Galaxy and an experimental hop by the number of 06277. <laughs> I love the ones with numbers. Aren't they great? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, so like because... CDC. <laughs> like an unclassified disease. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just released by the FDA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, and then Kettle Sour number three, which there will be a number three, right. uh, is unbeknown yet. We, okay. have, we have enough hops to do another batch of Kettle Sour number two. Right. We have enough galaxy to do kettle sour number mm. two, another batch of it, but we need to procure some other hops. Yeah, if we're going to do another dry hop kettle sour, but we've talked about doing a fruited kettle sour. We've talked about doing um, a goza, which is what kind of what we're well we're drinking. What we're drinking right now which is, really is good. the go- it is it's, really it's good. goza style ale brewed with cactus and grapefruit. 
I was gonna say this is this has to have fruit in it. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of this is why I bought it. I always appreciate and like take this with however many grains of salt you want because I work for a brewery that does this. Literal grains of salt in this case. Kuza. Funny, funny guy. Um. What I, make I always the big bucks for. appreciate brewers that use real grapefruit. Like you can tell the difference. Because you can get a, it's subtle on the palate, but dominant on the nose. And you're getting, like, in my theory, is you get a lot of oil out of the rind, mm. uh, especially if you boil with it, like, to get all those aromatics. It's, uh, this is beautiful. I want more. Me too. Yeah, I bought a six pack and I, filled, I only brought back, like, three bottles. So oh, thank you for sharing. Do you, yeah, yeah thank you. Very Indeed. Much. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, this isn't a complaint to you. This is no, a, no, no. Like, I get it. Can we buy this in Edmonton? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Packaged oh one nineteen oh so this is really fresh yeah yeah like I said in that gas station that I stopped at it was the it was the most interesting beer that they had that's what it, see my question is so and well sorry go I'm, ahead sorry, who's, no, yeah. who's bum do we have to smuggle this in to get it back to us <laughs> who's that's buffing what, it that's what I want to know I but, know people in Atlanta. For Shane to make the statement, this was the most interesting beer they had, and like Goza is relatively interesting in and of itself. Yeah, we're talking about a gas station in Atlanta. Exactly. What What was the second most interesting <laughs> beer that they had? Um, it was difficult to focus actually while I was in the gas station because there was there was a gentleman um, in it, this gas station was probably not in the friendliest neighborhood. It's outside the airport kind of thing. <laughs> the the till like the the register and everything yeah. was was behind glass. Oh yeah, like the whole you, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, behind bulletproof glass, it was thick. You had to pass your cash underneath. Visibly the, bulletproof glass. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, had to, you had to pass your cash underneath this in the, in the little stainless steel tray underneath the window, and uh, you had to hold like everything had a price tag on it, so nothing was barcode scanned. You okay. had to hold it up to the window, and the guy could read the actual like sticker on it. Anyway, after dark in Atlanta is a different thing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so I also also before this, I, I found a, a really nice place to have a. Uh, a glass of beer and some dinner. It was called the the Midway Pub. Mm-hmm. It was it was miles and miles away from my hotel, but you know I was on the way back. It's like yeah, okay, I'll have another beer in the hotel room. Sure, whatever. But during the period after which I arrived at the pub and left the pub, it got dark. <laughs> oh no! When I walked up to the pub, and it was, this was kind of like a kind of a white av ish area, you know, yeah. like lots of culture going on like kind of mm-hmm. cool little restaurants and nice little pubs and you know I walked up and it was families there was actually kids on the patio like playing like kickball and whatever else right cool awesome place to have dinner and it was good but after dark I parked across the street from this pub and I was solicited twice on the way to the car whoa <laughs> it just all that happened all that changed was it got dark <laughs> the sun went down <laughs> and they came out oh shit wow. so you know, getting back to the hotel, and then there's the gas station. like had the Miller light sign in the window or whatever it was. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna stop, right?" And yeah. Then, yeah. And then I was we, happy to leave Atlanta. Fair enough. I I'd like to. It's a place I'd be interested to go. But <clears throat> it's a giant city. I also okay. want to go to Savannah. So, um, Twitter people, you follow Beezy, right? Who? Mbeezy Ten. Maybe. Maybe I know Kyle and I do. I don't look at twitter as often as i used to okay um i have some twitter friends uh one of whom lives in atlanta and one of whom visits there as often as she can okay uh so i know a little bit about like the beer and food side of atlanta Mm -hmm. in that if i was ever going i'd message them and be like hey where where do i go go? and 
probably if you go back let me know i'll get yeah. some names for you no but uh i am um, i'm i think i'm far more interested in rural georgia than i am in like i had a friend who lived in uh athens hmm. he went to school there oh yeah i know some spots there too good do we want to crack oh you're not done oh sorry i'm rushing well, you well you know what let no, me no. tell another story okay so the other two things that I got to do while I was in Atlanta or a greater area of, for another day was right. I got to visit a new upstart brewery. Oh, in Atlanta. Yeah. Nice. Always fun. Well, actually not properly in Atlanta. It was a suburb that kind of basically from, if you're looking at it from overhead, is, is just Atlanta. Yeah. Um, they're called Arches Brewing. Okay. And they had they had about 4,000 square feet. Right. Now, do you go and identify yourself? You're like, hey, I also work, I also do this for a living. Oh, Yeah. No, like when I go and travel and I'm I'm going to visit a brewery, I'm yeah. just, hey, I'm from Blind Man Brewing. I'm here for whatever else. Other reason doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm here to come and visit. Cool. What's going on? But these guys, like, I, I before I went and visited this, the Arches Brewing, I was at a bottle shop and it went on Rape Beer or whatever. <laughs> a bottle shop. Yeah. You go on Rape Beer and you're like, what's the best bottle shop? You might as well call it a candy bar. Well, yeah. <laughs> so and then it's called, it was called Beer Girls. Okay. And it was, uh, they had like, 30 taps or something like that for growler fills and stuff like that. Right. Great bottle selection. So I was talking with the the, the, the um, attendant there, and it was 11 o'clock in the morning because I was like, well, my flight's not till 4. I'm going to go hang out wherever else for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And talking to the attendant, it's like, if I have time for one visit, brewery visit, where am I going to go? <clears throat> and it has to be kind of in the vicinity because it's near the airport. Mm-hmm. and gotta, I'm not going to go driving across the city and, yeah. and miss my flight. Uh, I was talking with him, and he was having he was having a great time. I brought him some beer from Blind Man. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, I brought it down with me. I need to replace the weight in my suitcase going back. Yeah. What do you suggest I buy, or who do you suggest I go and visit? <coughs> and so Arches Brewing was great. I picked up a couple of bottles at the bottle shop. Was, yeah. They were fun people. Arches Brewing is a 4,000 square feet, mm, half of its tap room. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, <coughs> three barrel system. That's it? And mostly loggers. Really? Yeah. You know, wow. they, they had a couple things on tap. Huh. And we, you know, I had talk to, talking to one of the proprietors. Actually, I'd go around back and knock on the door. And they, you know, he's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But then I said, ah, and brought beer. You know. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously. It's the <laughs> white flag. I'm from a brewery. Yeah. I come in peace. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I bring our sashin ale. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I did. You know, because it's the only thing we had in cans. Cans. Right? So... Yeah, it was cool to see him. Oh, so mostly loggers, like so Hella's box or uh, he had I have um he had um um uh, kind of an amber logger. Okay. Yeah. Um they were they were doing um uh, they did a bock. They were gonna they were planning to do a my bock. Ooh. Um and they were gonna do they actually were gonna do an ale, they do it a Hefeweiss. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like yeah. German style. Yeah, basically. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which I don't know the basis of the I don't know demographic around Atlanta, but I don't yeah. imagine there's a lot of German descendants no. there. So. No, it's but mostly African American, right? Like Eighty percent. So. Yeah. So, but I thought it really kind of different. Mm-hmm. But I'm, from my standpoint, from a kind of a, a logistical standpoint, is that you know, you have a three barrel brew house, and you're brewing something that takes a month, and you have twenty eight day beers, and you have a <laughs> tap room that, ha- and you have a tap room that has room for like a hundred people. Wow, that's are they doing food? Like, is it a brew no. pub? So they have a tap room that can fit a hundred people. They're wow. not serving food, and they're, and they're doing, doing loggers. loggers. Yeah, 
Wow, that's that, ballsy. I I feel like I feel they're gonna be brewing like four times a day. <laughs> I just I feel like it's it's the anti-brewery strategy. Like I feel like everything they're doing should be working <laughs> against them, and yet it seems to. But be. they I mean they're just they're just a couple of guys. I think there was maybe four guys in the group. I only met one of them. Right. In talking, there's such like we just want this to be a community meeting place. Nice. You know, they just. I'm like moderately uncomfortable with the beer hall comparison, but you know. Yeah, right. And I, under, <laughs> I get that. And I think they kind of maybe overestimated their 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 taproom scale versus their production. Side. Yeah, but maybe hey, a bit. They're an upstart. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes this is what yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta. Every business needs to have room to make mistakes. For Millennials sure. are so fucking entitled. They want everything to work perfectly first, the first time, and ugh, it drives me crazy. Uh, I will. Uh, I've kind of been on a big kick of like purchasing local this year, so I drink a, like especially in my beer, Portland beer notwithstanding. Uh, but I've like I bought m- almost exclusively Alberta be- beers in the past <clears throat> three months. January I went a little BC heavy, but other than that, it's again something I'm just you know trying new shit because I'm getting old and I gotta make sure I had. Let's we'll see if we can get something good. Um, but. I, I'm kind of, I'm consciously making that effort, right? And you and I had a chat about it, uh, twice. Like once, where you and I talked, where, uh, where Shane and I had talked about, like, sometimes it's tough as an Alberta brewer to compete with the prices of what's coming out of BC because they're able to mark to sell it at a lower markup, and they're also not paying the import tax, which like it's the way things are. But I can understand for an in-province brewer that it's a little bit frustrating. Uh, <laughs> Am I going down a road that we shouldn't be going down? Continue. But you're not saying anything, and it's making me oh, nervous. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, no. Okay, so, you know. I wasn't going to name any names. It's just, like, it's a fact. You can look at the shelves and see it happen, right? Yeah, no. Like, so, for from a brewer's standpoint, so, for, with, my, with my Blind Man Brewing cap on, we have a four-pack of 16-ounce cans on the shelf. Yeah. And it's X number of dollars. Okay. Right? And when I go and I see it at a store that has... Four pack of sixteen ounce cans from a brewery in BC mm-hmm. that is rather large and rather more well established mm-hmm. for X minus five dollars. Mm. Right. I and you know theirs is a five percent beer, ours is a four point four percent beer. Yep. You know, the the cans cost roughly the same amount. The packaging, they have higher transport costs. But when you balance it all out, like we're self distributing, so maybe not. I yeah. don't know. You know, whatever it works out. Oh, to and you. there's but a lot then, of <clears throat> then, the, just the scale of production. It comes down to scale totally. of production. And there's a lot of factors that play into that. And this conversation is not designed to shit on somebody who's doing well. No, not at all. God bless them. Absolutely. Sure. And they've been in the game for a lot longer than we have. Absolutely. Like, we're not even a year old yet. Mm-hmm. And they're what? You know, 15 years old? Easily, yeah. The unidentified BC <laughs> But, I, so, I mean, you're right. It does come down to production scale because as a production facility, the... The more you're producing, the cheaper you can sell it at, right? right? And especially if you're <laughs> that sounded like a wet fart in that the really wasn't, <laughs> I know it wasn't, but that's but what then it comes like. down what it comes down to is that yeah, it's, it's production capacity, but then what I think they're doing mm-hmm. is they're kind of they're also having lost leaders. Oh yeah. So for sure. Alberta's are their lost leaders where and then they'll jack up the prices in their home province. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, we're in Vancouver where everything's expensive. You're going to pay a $9 pint for a 4% beer. Right. And in Alberta, we're going to have, you know, a $10 four-pack of tall boy cans. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
Just so you understand, kids, that's fucking economics. That's what a business is supposed to do. They're supposed to make as much money as possible for uh, as little business. work. Yeah, no, that, and that's fine. And but nobody is disparaging anybody for doing that. What they're also doing is exploiting the policy changes that have just come around. Now, I'm not going to speak completely negatively of the policy changes that just came around. What happened no. there was they, they decreased our taxes by half, and I'm great with that. Thank you so fucking much. But. But. <laughs> you beat, I did beat him to it. Damn it. The expression on their faces. <laughs> Let's have a little more thought about the whole system before we go into yeah, drastic I, I, changes, right? I, I mean, as with, as with any governmental body, the wheels of change turn slowly, and I'm prepared to look at it as some positive aspects of the change is a good thing. And... Policy is amenable, right? You yep. can, you can. It's flexible. You can, you can it's change a, things to it. It's a big ship, and we've started to turn. Exactly. There, like things are getting better for in province breweries, and it is, n- as I am want to say to every buying customer who knows exactly what they're doing and knows exactly how to do it better than everybody else. It has never been fucking easier to open your own brewery. If you think you got it, put your money where your mouth is, or shut the hell up. And Where's my Stone Double IPA, thank man? You. I, I if, want my rogue excess if imperial your issue stout brewed in Alberta. With Alberta beer is quality, by all means, show me how it's done. Yeah. Show me how to do it. But until that day, you need to understand that it's a hard it, as much as it's never been easier, it's still tough out there to to and to do know, this business when you're having to do to when your competition is coming in significantly lower than you, which in theory should be more expensive. Yeah. It's hard to sell an in-province beer at 15 when I can get an out-of-province beer at 10. That seems, yeah. as a consumer, backwards to and me. And it's not just packaged product. I just want to say that. Like, you know full well it's not just packaged no, product. No, no, not it's, at all. It's, it's draft. It's, it's draft, and that's that's a bigger problem altogether. But mm-hmm. then, but to kind of counterpoint what you're saying is that that's why there's 16 or so breweries in planning to open in the next, mm-hmm. say, calendar year, Absolutely. roughly, in Alberta. I've heard numbers as high as 40 total by the end of... By this by time the, next by the, year. By the end of, say, 2016, 20, early 2017, yeah. 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 Which is outstanding. It's insane. It's so awesome. And it's good for everybody. That's the other thing people don't understand is, like, I, I often get the question, like, oh, like, that's your competition, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, yes. But. but we, no. Yeah. So, like, at Blind Man, we have just down the road from us, there's Troubled Monk and Red Yeah. Here. We call them neighbors. We don't call them competition. No. Because the, the, if the, in the pie graph of the beer market breakdown, Macro imports still occupy 70% of that window. And all the little craft breweries, which in BC is what, over 100? I thought they broke 120. But Did I, they, I yeah, I was going to say, yeah. 119 was the last number yeah. I recall hearing somebody here. Like, for five companies to occupy 70% of the market and 120 in one province alone to split that other 30%, doesn't make a lot of sense to cut each other's throats. Right. And so the, we're also kind of talking about, we talked about community before. Totally. We talk about it in other respects. Is that, um, and I think I've used this analogy on this podcast before, but the, I, I, my, my heritage is, is half Danish. And so when right. I go back into Denmark and I visit <coughs> Danish communities, mm-hmm. is that there are, there are common things in each community, no matter where you go. And they're very small towns. Absolutely. It's a very small country. There's only 5,000 people. So it's kind of like this miniature, um, this miniature of, of what we can look at now. There are, in every town... There is a church. In every town, there's a bakery, and every town, there's a brewery. <laughs> and that bakery and that church and that brewery service that town. 
They don't service the entire province. No. They don't service the county. They don't service, you know, you know across the country. You know, like, so they service their like. They're not so concerned with exponential growth that they're looking like, well, I need to be in this market. I need to be in that market. They're like, I, I eat and pay my bills based on what this community gives me. Exactly, exactly. And so that's what <clears throat> being, you know, we're we're a community based brewery in Lacombe. Yes, we sell our, our, our wares across the entire province, but that's kind of what we need to do to keep the lights on right now. Mm-hmm. Where as the market is as the market is shifting, we're we're seeing that. We're, we're in his class. <laughs> <laughs> As the market is shifting, yeah, we're seeing there's more community-minded breweries. Absolutely. Dandy, for example. <laughs> we use them as an example all the time because they're great guys. Yeah, they're they're A, they're awesome guys. B, they're in a, a sweet position as a brewery. Like, just in terms of the where the market's at, they're really small. Like, they they would be considered a nano. I couldn't tell you how big their brew house they is. They brew, like, 300 liters at a time. Exactly. So they, they're in such an awesome position to be like, I feel like this. And then they do that, which is why they're going to do 40 fucking beers this year in they're some course. Uh, oh, I know they are. And it's, it's, they're great. They're also a lot of fun to hang out with and they make pretty good beers. They have done a good job of identifying a hole in the market that I see, which is English style beer. And they are doing their level best to fill it quite well, I might add. And they make a wicked sour. I also want to say, particularly given that my initial response was apparently somewhat tepid and my palate has changed, I really want to give them another, like, try their stuff again. Because okay. I gotta say, like, if this was more than about two and a half years ago, because to be totally honest, I don't remember this at all. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I, I know was, you do. I, I don't. was very upset. Um, but my palate has changed an awful lot in the past couple of years, and I would say that, like, as of three years ago, I was a lot more into the double IPA, West Coast style, big West Coast, like or American style. I, I like. American style. I've always really liked American or uh, English beers, but I've moved like a lot more back towards really enjoying like i'll i buy warthog a lot mm-hmm. again lately and i didn't for a while i miss warthog on tap um i used to live within blocks of a bar that served it on tap and that's pretty much what magpie mm, see, I, was a, I was a magpie fan magpie was good uh warthog was something i like kind of grew up on well not grew up on like there no, was a I lot understand. of trad but yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was. I think we spoke of this before. Yes, we have spoken of this before. Well, even me, because uh, my stepmom was big into Big Rock when mm-hmm. when she married my dad, and that was circa. I think I got married in 07. Um so that was back when Warthog was still around, and yeah. we drank a lot of Big mm-hmm. Rock because my dad didn't think he liked beer. Um, but he liked tr- Warthog. No, not even <laughs> necessarily so much. He doesn't mind trad. It was more just that he didn't think he liked mm-hmm. beer. Um, so I didn't really drink a lot of beer. Yeah. I drank scotch. I didn't really like wine at the time, which was what my dad mostly drinks. But my stepmom drank a lot of beer. So there was always a big rock mix nice. pack in the house, and I drank a lot of trad and a lot of warthog. And it was like when I was eighteen, it was oh shit, or you know, nineteen or whatever. Uh, eighteen moved... here. Well, no, I mean, sorry, she <laughs> she moved in in two thousand six, okay. so I'd have been seventeen, I guess, when right. she moved in. But whatever it was, I like when I came of age, I was drinking a lot of big rock. So yeah, that's... we I, well, we yeah, we've chatted about growing up in a big rock household before. Oh yeah, and how important that was. We've talked about it. Yep. The day we drank McNally's on the show with Kyle, yeah. where we lost half an episode, but the first half was great. Yeah. Um, but you, we were onto something about uh, when we were talking about Dandy and like what a unique position they're in and how tiny they are. We use them as an example of something a lot. Community-minded brewing. Community-minded brewing, right. Um, So, like, they're doing a lot of collaborative work, and it's become a thing to do amongst the Alberta breweries. I really enjoy that a lot of them are doing casks together. Yes. Uh, At Alley Cat, we did one with Brewsters where we took... (laughs) Both your warts, right? Yeah, we took uh, each of us 
gave the other a volume of our brown ale wort and played with it in our own brewery, which was so much fun to do. Yeah, uh, we had Big Rock in to do a collab with us. We've we've done one with out of country breweries as well, but it's becoming like very common for the Alberta brewers to be like, hey. Uh, I got an idea. You want to do this with me? Village is big about uh, spearheading a lot of it. They've done mm. a couple with Dandy now, All which right. is really exciting, right? Um, yeah. That that there's uh, breweries that are interested in servicing their local market, and that's that's what I think. Yeah. That I think we might have actually spoken of this on the show as well last yeah. summer, but I was both super excited and really disappointed to see that Village had their summer mix pack at Superstar. Because it's accessible. I was really excited because I drank a lot of Village when I was out visiting a cousin of mine in Calgary when you could only like buy it from the brewery. And like fucking fantastic on them to be successful enough to do it. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, their whole thing at the time was like you buy it from us or you don't buy it. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, they were, they, it takes a, a community to build a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 so, to yeah. raise a brewery. I, whatever, I, yeah. I got really excited. <laughs> like I, I really appreciated that because, yeah, I can't get it unless I'm in Calgary. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in exactly what we were talking about. The like... Part of why I live near White Ave is I, I've got the guy I buy cigars with. I've got the place I buy alcohol from. Yeah. It may not necessarily be great, yeah. but I, I'm a believer in that sense of, like, this is where I go when I buy my yeah. stuff. Um, so even though you're in a giant city, you have extensive community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's something that I'm, like, I, I think that's important. Because Absolutely. Because it gives you a, a sense of place. And I don't necessarily love Edmonton, but I like my neighborhood. Right. Because I was, like, I went, to, it's near university. I went How to university here. How succinctly put, sir. Well yeah. said. I don't necessarily so, love Edmonton, but I'm I love gonna, my community. I'm going to go back a little bit and climb on a soapbox. Okay. <laughs> By all means. And so you're talking about the collaborations. Yes. <laughs> collaborations are amazing and they're fun. And breweries in the States do them all the time. And they use them both not both as like kind of marketing mm -hmm. exercises, but as as learning experiences for their brewers. Totally. As uh, ways <laughs> to get into different d different styles of beer. You know, any 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 range of different ideals or reasons to do them. And what's really pissing me off right now in this very point in time is that collaborations in Alberta between different Alberta breweries. Yeah. So if I were to collaborate with you. Right. And we were to brew it at your brewery. Right. I couldn't have it at my brewery. You can't? I could not legally have that beer at my brewery. Really? Really. Why not? Because it's brewed in your facility. Yeah. And I'm not licensed You're not A, licensed to as... sell it, or B, to pour it. <laughs> Unless you have uh Unless I have a class A, a license. license. Which is uh -huh. a which is a, a a restaurant or a bar? Is that that difficult? I, not to be no like... no no. But then there's this whole perception of having a class A license. Yeah. So there's bre <laughs> brewery tap rooms. Brewery tap rooms are under a class B license, and they're under a hospitality license. Come in, have a tour, mm -hmm. get to, get get have to a taste it. You can do samples. Tasting a, a flight, you know, kind of get to know the environment, kind of get to meet some people at the brewery. Totally have. A cultural experience, for example. And any brewery with half a fucking brain in their head is doing exactly right. that. So at Blind Man, we have our Class B license. But we also have our off-sale license, which allows us to sell booze to people to take away. Right. And that's, that's a separate license. That's a separate license. <clears throat> and so to take it away, so that's growler fills, mm -hmm. and that's the, the, the cans and bottles. But it only applies to product you produce yourself. You Correct. don't have a license to purchase wholesale product from another supplier. Correct. I cannot, we, or we cannot, sorry, go out and buy... Uh, anything through Connect, through the provincial distribution system, and bring it into our our system, or go and make use of the other breweries' off sale licenses and purchase kegs from them and pour them in our tap room. Interesting. But then there's the there, there's the whole idea <laughs> of a a class A license, which is a mm -hmm. bar or a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, a class A licenses are typically involving food. 
which is something we don't want to offer at the brewery, which is right. something we're, we, we, have no, we have no desire to have a kitchen at the brewery. Right. It's not, that's, we're not a brew pub. No. We're a brewery yeah. with a tap room. Yeah. And so there's, to, to me, there's a vast difference. And maybe, I agree. Maybe there's, maybe there's a, a, diff, a different um, perception somewhere out there. But the, no, to, I fully agree with you. So, uh, the, the, I think they're two distinct animals. Yeah. Also, as someone to, coming from hospitality, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. You serve food, that's a completely different beast. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it needs to be two different things. Like, Unless we're talking like crackers and cheese. No, we'll do that's like, a whole we, we do a small fucking... plate. Like we yeah. do a small local plate. There's yeah. a place down the road that we buy like some cured sausages yeah, from. Exactly. We have some local well, mustard. A little charcuterie cheese. plate is its own thing, but that's yeah. not a kitchen. That's a charcuterie and, uh, like plate. You s- I saw it a lot in Portland and I realize it's a little more difficult to do it here because it gets fucking cold for six months out of the year. Six? <laughs> Shut up. It's fine. It's fine. Don't even give me that. Did you did you see what the temperature was in January this year? Yeah, I'm sorry. This year is a pretty notable exception. Last year norm. was exact. It was 10 degrees for over a week in the middle of January last year. So while Anyways. the old man bicker about the weather, <laughs> <laughs> my um, bones ache. But you see it in in I I saw it a lot in Portland where there's a brewery with a tap room. They're not doing food, but there's a food truck <laughs> parked outside. That's servicing, that's filling that need for their customers, right? Assuming that your jurisdiction will license that. <laughs> Fair enough. Portland is a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place. And I get that it's yeah. it's anomalous. And so, and... But the thing is, for me, is that if we do a, cl- a collab, yeah. I'm going to go to your brewery and we're going to make a beer together. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't bring the, any of that back to my tap room. No, you what can't. What the shit? Well, is the, is the way around that to... Um... There's an, there, the way around that is to either alter the class B license mm-hmm. or for us to go and get a class A. But there's a perception problem with going to get a class A. Just a perception problem. Yeah. Let's just talk about a perception problem. Okay. Like okay. in the tap room, we're open from like noon till 8 p.m. Right. Right. So you could come in, fill your growler <laughs> after work, yeah. maybe have a glass of beer. Exactly. When you're talking about a Class A license, you're talking about establishments that are open till two o'clock in the morning. But well, they don't have, have to be. No, but that's a perception. So, but the AGLC- do you even have to tell the public that you have a Class A license? Like- no, it's not about telling the public. It's getting the Class A license from the AGLC. Oh, I see. What and you there's mean. the inspections, and then there's the inspectors, yeah. which are problematic. And then there's the application. Just the application, the apps, like the 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 perception of going for that application of saying I'm going for a license of a, to uh, and putting me on that same level as as other applicants that are going to be open till 2 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and have, you know, stumbling drunk people coming out of their doors and yeah. releasing them on <laughs> is, the Do we want another one of those in No, this? right? So yeah, all okay, we want to do sense. is build a community meeting place mm-hmm. and to interact with our neighbors. Right. And the goddamn government is stepping on my neck <laughs> telling me I can't do this Nobody's and I can't do that. It's the HLC. The HLC is an arm of the government. Yes, but the government is actually instituting a more they're 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 spearheading a yes a direction I, that is i agree yeah that being said three years from now you're gonna vote orange <laughs> you're right if it Put means pipelines the then yes um i know i just finished it but that kettle sour is lovely sorry what was the hop on that again the hops were galaxy a dry hop with galaxy and experimental hop zero six two seven seven um, the best hop. Zero six two seven seven. Yes. What's the alpha acid content on that hop? It's in the teens. I can't remember exactly off the top of my what head. What about betas? 
non-existent? I I can't remember. Oh, damn it! I'm completely unprepared. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you and know I, how many like, beers this man has had since we sat him down? No, here? that's not the point. No, but, and I and I hadn't really planned to ask any like seriously nerdy brewing questions, but then you brought up experimental hops. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're like if it's like an well, aroma we, hop when or we're looking at hop profiles, we're looking at what the tasting notes are, like what what aroma characteristics they have. Okay, so know? what? Uh, who who sells you these hops? Where, uh, where we you... have four or five hop vendors right now. Okay, so hop. Union is it? Hop Union, Hops Connect, Hops Canada, uh, Hop Steiner, and Willamette Valley. Okay. There, I named them all of them. Nice. Applause. Yes, I know, right? I'm proud of you, buddy. Do I get a discount? <laughs> so you're, about, you're, you're acquiring hops from several different vendors. You're using a lot of Mosaic. You're yes. using a lot of Galaxy. Not a lot, but some. Some. But these are hops with like floral, fruit-forward characteristics. Yeah. Definitely fruit. a little more West yeah. Coast. Mango. Um, which I... Uh, as a consumer, really, with my consumer hat on, Thanks. you're you're waving hey over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's that's good for me. I'm glad that somebody <clears throat> in this province is using. Uh, yeah. But we're also using hops. like the traditional big C hops, like the, the yeah. IPA is full of those big C hops, that piney resiny hop. Totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else I got. We got one more beer to get through. Well, we can drink that off. This mic. is what happens when you don't plan things out, man. I know. And I'm literally like, this is the last time it'll happen. Oh, I didn't realize Shane was such a Douglas Adams fan. That makes me so happy. Mm. I always appreciate, and I know that you I'm a personality prototype. Well. A personality prototype? It's a reference to the robot oh. in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad I didn't get it. Oh, damn it, Blast. <laughs> I was talking with somebody and like I couldn't continue the conversation because it would have been spoiler. Who's just starting to read them or is like through two Spoil of them? Spoil it. No, I did that. They're one. gonna laugh out loud. Okay, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like the trilogy of five books. Yeah, is the only time, the only time out of all the books I've ever written or written and yeah, written read that I've laughed Redden. out loud. <laughs> laughed out loud while reading them. The most artfully constructed sentences you will other people's teeth. And you have to read them like four times until you understand all the nuances that are in there. What I like about uh, there's there's a, a kind of a, a couple chapters where Arthur goes and lives with some kind of developing cultures. Yeah. And he's go, he has to teach them about sandwiches. <laughs> and he, he goes, they're kind of like in the Bronze Age and they're, they're just starting to learn how to metal. Yeah, the, the, they have the... Uh, like something about completely average beasts yeah, or totally exactly, normal beasts that beast. show up in one place, like just appear from one spot, run a distance, and then disappear again. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like going through this warp field or whatever. But the other thing is, is that so they hunt them and whatever. Yeah. That's what they eat. But then Arthur teaches, those, teaches them about sandwiches. And then there's the art of making a sandwich yeah, where they the, have three knives. The zen-like art of making a sandwich. Yeah. And there's there's the knife that's dull that you spread the butter with. There's the knife that's serrated that you cut the bread with. And there's the knife that's sharp that you cut the meat with. And I love that idea. There's just this simple <laughs> thing about your life. And you're just like, this author has written this yeah. amazing tale and introduced this chapter-long theory about how to make a sandwich yeah i have a friend who uh in university worked at subway and i'm pretty sure the only reason he stayed as long as he did was because of that chapter of that book he's like he's not wrong it's a zen like art like when you construct the perfect sandwich it is a thing yeah exactly you're a sandwich artist it's a thing of beauty uh i've always taken sandwich making very seriously you gotta have the right meat to cheese ratio pickle is important Hmm? call out to faro yeah uh Oh, see, I've always called it Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. I don't know. There's a proper term, and I'm not sure which yeah, it is. Yeah, I couldn't tell yeah. you what it is either. But they are doing amazing work. Uh, I really appreciate that they always have a, a vegan sandwich or a vegetarian sandwich. 
it's handy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's always good. Oh. I just I find their hours moderately inconvenient that, unless they've changed. That is proper. There you go. Oh, sorry, we got distracted. No, uh, um, so Paul, Paul was a very good fellow here. Um, you like the Hitchhiker's Guide, do you, so you like the the Dirk Gently books as well. I, I, I do like the Dirk Dirk Gently books, but I actually like them less than I like Douglas Adams' um, Doctor Who writing. Really? Yeah. I like Doug, I'd like, and it's very characteristic for me the episodes that Doctor Who or episodes of, of Doctor what Who. What seasons has he written? For? Uh, I mean, I'm was, also not ra- a Doctor radio Who series fan. mostly that he wrote. Okay. Yeah, and so then there's some books that are off there. Like there's a, a Feta is one of them. Do you hear that slow fade out, folks? That is the sound of us learning the limits of our new recording system. Uh, more specifically, the size of the SD card we're recording onto. Uh, so we ran out of space on that. So sadly, we didn't get to officially wrap up with Shane, but we do want to thank him very much for coming on again. It's always a joy to have him in Screaming Docs and Studios, and we hope to have him back again soon. He is always a pleasure to sit down with. Um, before we officially wrap things up, I want to say a few words about this show uh, that we touched on briefly in this episode, but that I'd like to expand on a bit here. Uh, it's some things I've been thinking about a lot lately and uh, some things that are becoming important to me. We've been at this show uh, recording-wise for three and a half years. I, I had to double-check the official first recording date was the 27th of October uh, 2012. So it's it's been quite some time, and it's definitely evolved uh, over the course of that time. Sometimes it evolves on purpose, and sometimes it evolves out of necessity, and I always hope that it's evolving for the better. Uh, It's definitely evolving for the better for us. We are always having more and more fun doing it. Uh, And if nothing else, it's taught me that sometimes I need to learn the hard, expensive way how to do something right. Uh, It's sometimes easy for us to forget that this goes out to a wider audience. Uh, My goal for this show, our goal for this show, was always, first and foremost, to have fun with our friends. Uh, For Paul and I to have a nice chat, this is what we were doing anyway, uh, and we just plonked microphones in front of us, and so it's been a loose structure up until now, uh, up until recently. We've kind of just hit recording, and, hit record and, and went, and we're learning that, you know, sometimes it's more effective if you, uh, if you have a bit of a plan. So slowly but surely, we're learning things that we should have just been able to read on the internet and do outright, but like I say, sometimes I need to learn the hard way. And our other goal has always been hopefully to entertain and maybe at times accidentally educate the people who happen to come across it. Um, Whenever I meet somebody in real life that is a listener, especially someone that I don't know personally, it always strikes me as strange. It's it's a weird feeling. It's not a bad feeling, but it's definitely odd to me. It, It makes me happy that someone has found us, but I also feel slightly exposed as if I've met somebody with x-ray vision who can see through my clothing. It's like, oh, you can, you can hear me. Oh my goodness. Then we started getting occasionally written up by the Seen and Heard in Edmonton podcast roundup. They're a website and podcast who focuses on Edmonton creators, bloggers, podcasters, uh, things like that. And they've definitely been good about uh, promoting a lot of the Edmonton podcasts. And I realized that there's a much bigger podcasting community in the city than I'd even ever thought. Uh, And that got me to thinking about my goals for the show as well as for me personally. Having been inspired by Seen and Heard Edmonton, we've decided to make this year the year we go bi-monthly as much as we can. So it's two episodes a month or one every other week, essentially. It won't always be achievable. We all have day jobs and lives outside of the show that we do free for nothing. But I, I feel 
we want people to take if we want people to take the show semi seriously, we need to take it a little more seriously ourselves too. It's always going to be fun, but to impose some structure on that to make it a more entertaining listen for you as much as as entertaining for you to listen to as it is for us to make. Um, so after this episode, we're going to take a couple day, a couple of weeks off. Paul's on vacation for a while, uh, and it is summer event season, so I'm also very busy. But considering the deluge of content we've put out there in the past month, I think it's okay if we if we take a couple of weeks off, and we're gonna come back strong mid May. Uh, I'm thinking the 18th ish somewhere in that week we'll uh, we'll be up back up again. And my goal is to be recording an episode, recording and editing an episode once a week, and posting it the following week. So we'll be dark one week, an episode the next, dark episode, leapfrog leapfrog like that through the month and through the year. Uh, obviously, things will come up that put a wrench in this plan. But I am very excited about getting a semi-regular schedule going. Uh, if you, the audience, are indeed out there, if you can hear the sound of my voice, let us know what you think, uh, what you're enjoying, so we can give you more of that. Uh, we will take listener feedback to heart. I would love to have some feedback from listeners. And to do our best to make this show, like I say, as enjoyable for us to make and for you to listen to. Uh, so stay tuned at the end of my little diatribe here for ways to contact us. Uh, one more thing on a, on a more personal note, uh, I wouldn't be making this podcast if I didn't first start by listening to podcasts. Uh, I was inspired by the very first podcast I ever started listening to was Smodcast. That's kind of what, what really got me into the medium and obviously, uh, CBC, who was a pioneer in podcasting at the time. And this is going well back into my university career, almost nine, 10 years now. Um, the open market that is the internet has made finding that niche audience possible for so many, and it's time that I start looking right here in the place that I live for contributors to a medium that has given me so much over the years. Uh, so for me personally, this is going to be the year of potting local. Uh, I will be making a concerted effort to get the kind of things that I like to listen to from my friends and neighbors right here in this community, uh, in this city, in this province, in this country, in the diminishing spheres of local. Um, so if you'd like to join me on my little pod quest, I couldn't recommend more that you check out Seen and Heard in Edmonton's website. Uh, as I said before, they're a, a website that kind of cobbles together uh, information and tidbits about local Edmonton podcasters and bloggers and general content creators. But if you can't find something that somebody is speaking to on this website, then you're clearly dead inside. So Seen and Heard Edmonton, check them out. They're a great way to figure out who in your community is talking about the things you want to hear about, who is creating conversations that you want to participate in. So I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, you can get a hold of Shane. Uh, he is on Twitter, at BeerGeeksYeg, and Blindman is at BlindManBrewery. You can find Paul and his cocktail musings at Igor Zarubo, I-G-O-R-Z-A-R-U-B-O. And me personally, I'm at Slingsbot. You can contact the show at DrinkThisPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash DrinkThisPod. And we're also on iTunes and Stitcher as well as Podomatic. Uh, please be sure to rate and review on whatever platform it is you prefer to listen to. That really does help us out, and it's all part of that feedback that we're looking for. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope that you're as excited as I am about our upcoming changes and our, our attempt to kind of develop some sense of normalcy for the show, uh, whatever that might mean. Uh, so thank you again for listening, and we will drink with you again very soon. <laughs>